Welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast, a podcast all about inspiring and encouraging dads and anglers as we wade through fishing, parenting, and faith on the fly. All right, folks, welcome tonight or today to Dads on the Fly. Caleb, we have uh, a special guest, man. I think when we started doing our podcast, I was kind of already down a rabbit hole of listening to other fly fishing podcasts. And I'm just going to be real with you. There are some that resonate with me more than others. And our guest tonight has one that just resonates with me. I went back and binged all of his episodes. I don't even know how many he has. Um, pretty much have listened to all of them. It's a weekly listen when he drops. And believe it or not, for some reason, he asked us to be on one of his episodes. So we're, we're still actually, not sure why. Yeah, we have no did. idea why he did that. <laughs> but we were on one of his uh, episodes. And so tonight we have, and I'm going to let you pronounce his name because that's always your job here on the show. We have with us Mr. Mr. Jason Shimchuk of Wade Out There. So Jason, how are you tonight, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, man, thank you for spending some time with us. We're excited to hear a little bit more about uh, Wade Out There, excited to hear about some of your fly fishing adventures, and especially love a lot of the stuff that you have out there. We just want to go ahead and tell everybody out front, uh, go check out wadeoutthere.com. That's where they can find your podcast. You can find Jason's awesome blog posts. He's got some amazing amazing articles out there. We want to talk about some of those in a minute. And man, your your art is phenomenal as well. Um, we might spend some time talking about that. Yeah. Josh and I, I are definitely not artists, so we... <laughs> I, I didn't really do a good job of giving him a proper introduction. Yeah, you didn't, but that's okay. But I'll just talk to him about his podcast. I apologize. We'll let everybody else go see it. But So let's just dive right in, Jason. Where's your fly fishing journey start, man? You've got a great, like an awesome, you were talking to us off here, military career childhood kind of moved a lot different places but when did that happen man when did that fly rod get in our hand for the first time uh well first of all thank you for those kind words i really appreciate you giving a shout out to my uh efforts at weight out there and also especially my art and i'm super pumped to be here so thanks again for having me on the show um i probably picked up a fly rod for the first time when I was working in Montana. So when I was a kid in high school, I used to work on a cattle ranch in Montana in a place called Absorkey. And there's a river that runs in there out of the Beartooth that we used to play in really, even before I was working on the ranch when we were just little kids and we'd go out there on vacation from Washington. And um, I kind of grew up there in the summers. And then, uh, you know, there was this old, uh, the guy who ran the ranch, had been going up in the mountains for an elk camp with his father. And this ranch goes back to like, they would homestead it and stuff. And there was like an old lodge down at the bottom that had everything in it, all kinds of backpacking gear and horse gear and everything and books and things like that. You could find anything in the lodge. And we found this fly rod and a box of flies. And, you know, they were, we didn't know anything about it, really. I mean, my old man had taken me fishing, but this was just this really weird long rod. And we knew there was a fly rod, I guess, and kind of figured we knew how to cast it, but we didn't know anything else, you know, just big, big fat dry flies. And there was no nymphing, there was no streamers, there was no nothing. And after work, we would play in the river and sometimes we would pick up the fly rod and mess around with it and try not to catch bats try and catch fish (laughs) that's awesome what a cool thing 
getting to experience working on a, I don't even I don't even know how that happens, but what a cool opportunity to be in Montana working on a cattle ranch. Can you still um just a side note, are you like, you know, Yellowstone cowboy style? Can you just do it all, man? <laughs> I've never seen Yellowstone, so I don't know, but uh it was very special time. It was a very special experience for a kid in their teenage years to be able to live that kind of life and, you know, street fairs and rodeos and dances and cowgirls and stuff like that. And then rivers and baling hay and fixing fence and going up in the mountains on our days off. And it was fun. It was a good time. That's really cool. So you, uh, picked up a fly for the first time almost i don't want to say on accident but you know just goofing off so uh but now you stuck with it for so long so did did it just progress from the from goofing off in the river and playing around or uh did, did uh, you take a break come back to it kind of kind of how did you really stick with fly fishing well i went to school in colorado and while i was out there i met some uh fellows that were really into it and i had a a teacher who was one of my accounting teachers and um, he was the guy in charge of the fly fishing club. And so having him as a mentor and then also having some fly fishing buddies that were really into it. And then, you know, it was deep in my DNA to love the outdoors and mountains and especially rivers. And if you put a river in a mountain, that's even, that's the icing on the cake for me. And that's what I was at in Colorado. So I bummed around these guys a bunch and we went up to the, the South Platte a lot and Colorado and, and mostly the front range type of area where we were at in school. And I started to learn how much I didn't know. You know, I, I started to learn about it's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing, but it's just, it's funny how little I didn't know when you talk about figuring out that some flies go under the water or like <laughs> you better put yep. an indicator on yep. there because otherwise you won't know that they eat your fly, dude. Like, Stuff like that was, uh, it's funny to look back on, but that was probably, and you know, I didn't go all the time. I, I mean, I wasn't like hardcore. There was other things that had my attention as well at that time, but I went a good amount and I learned most of what I, um, took with me going on into my kind of air force time. And I would say when I was in the air force, I really was not fly fishing that much. You know, I would go on vacations here and there and and trips every so often but when i was in the air force i wasn't going that much and then uh, i was assigned to nellis air force base during sequestration i don't know if you remember this time in their government's past but they shut down like a bunch of military operations and uh, my flying squadron was one of the ones they shut down so i was kind of out of a flying job for a while and while I was in Utah or while I was in Las Vegas, I was driving up to South Utah quite a bit. And that was when I really rekindled it. That's when I went a lot. I was going quite a bit, two and three times a week. And um, yeah, and then I just kind of kept with it after that. I went a little bit when I was in Missouri and then eventually moved my family to the mountains and we're in Utah now. So now I go quite a bit more. He's a little bit... Uh... He's very modest because on his show he talks all the time about trying to learn from other people. And obviously, I think he's a little more of an expert maybe than he likes to let on to because he's got a big history there, a lot more than I do fishing a lot of different places for sure. So uh, kudos to that, man. Um, what a cool story and how you, how you got it started. So I, I know you asked this on your show, and 
we just wanted to talk about this in the first ever. What what made you stick with it? Like, what what's your where's your passion come from for fly fishing? Like, we talk about ours all the time on our show, but what does it do for you, man? Um, yeah, that's a pretty insightful question, I guess. For I I think fly fishing for me when I started out was something fun that I liked to do, and like I said, I've always been connected to the mountains and the rivers and lakes and things like that. And I always will be, but I think for me, fly fishing, when my flying career, when my flying opportunities were winding down in the air force, um, I was really searching, you know, I don't have any demons or anything from my time in the air force. I don't have any badness that a lot of guys have a lot of veterans, but I, I missed a lot of that stuff and I knew it was going away uh, eventually. And so I was really looking for something that would keep me uh, something that would keep me present, keep me motivated, keep me working towards something that I thought would be difficult to accomplish. And so that's part of what I'm trying to do with weight out there is build something that I believe in and that, keeps me doing meaningful work, things that I want to do with my time, not what I have to do with my time. So I'd like to do, I'd like to fly fish, you know, if I could, and I want to paint and write and do all those things. So I kind of invented this, this other job thing at Wade out there and fly fishing for me, I think keeps me connected to that journey of doing something hard. Like it's, I like that it's difficult in some ways and easy in others. It doesn't have to be difficult. It can be as simple as just going and throwing a fly and trying to catch a fish, but you can really get in the weeds. And I do like to get in the weeds a little bit. I, I love the tactical side of it. <laughs> I mean, from when I was in the air force, there was a ton of that. And I, that's one of the things that I enjoyed the most is talking tactics. And it sounds ridiculous to say out loud, but it's similar. It's similar to the, you know, there's different ways to approach different problems and you have to think through it and you're always learning and trying to try new things and you bounce on ideas off somebody else. Like, Hey, how did you solve this problem? Or what do you do for this? And it's, it's really similar to what I did in the fighter squadron. And like I said, it sounds kind of funny to hear myself say it, but honestly think that's what makes me keep kind of going after it as much as I do. That, that makes so much sense. And uh, before we go any further, man, just thank you for your time in the Air Force and thank you for your service. We we really appreciate that and what you did there. Um, that makes so much sense, you know. And I got this when we were talking uh, last time on your show. You know, you do. You love the tactics. You love the strategy behind it. That's my <laughs> – like, I love that stuff too. Like I get – I go way deep into the weeds of, you know, reading and researching. And, you know, I, I know more about the life cycle of a bug now than I – ever thought i ever would yeah in my yeah, life it's cool and uh, yeah, if you'll listen cool to do that yeah and i think it's great i enjoy it i get a thrill out of it but what if you go say? if you go back to our smallie episode which was uh, a few episodes ago and, and check that out we, we also learned that sometimes we can uh go too deep and really we just throw a streamer in the smallie eats yeah i mean for sure we sometimes <laughs> i make it harder than it has to be we had um, a cool episode about that because that is but we totally get it you guys are more kindred spirit on that i'm like yeah. let's just go well, fishing, but baby. it's like and you were just hitting at this jason like we make it harder than it has to be intentionally sometimes um because yeah. uh, it, it, we we embrace the challenge and and 
I, I kind of like that part of it as well. But what's your tagline, man, from from your show? It's if you haven't listened to Jason's show, check it out because it's a great show. But it's a great intro, your intro, right? Um, yeah, we say fly fishing is special but not elite. Absolutely, yeah, that, we, we love it. Yeah, anyone can be a good, uh, a great fly fisher if they go learn and teach. And so um, that's kind of what I believe, and that's what I'm trying to build over at Wade Out There. And that's why I love talking to folks like you and other people in the fly fishing community that. You know, it doesn't mean that fly fishing isn't special, but everybody has their own unique and special experiences with fly fishing. And it could be the time you spend on the water. It could be the the memories you make with your kids or for you guys being fathers and whatever it is. But, you know, I don't I don't think it's appropriate to like discount other people's special experience because you you know, just because you think you're special doesn't mean you are right. Everybody else has their own story. And so you're not special, you know, like it's fly fishing. And, um, so you've got your own kind of thing and that's cool. Uh, but just remember everybody else has theirs too. And we're all trying to get better and hopefully all trying to progress and get better and, um, take care of the resource and, uh, and all that, you know, and I think a lot of people get turned off a little bit by fly fishing when they don't get that experience. And they're like, ah, you know, it's, it's easy to turn people away because it can appear technical and in the weeds and because you can go that way, Yeah, you know, you can spend all this money on gear and you can read all the books and stuff. And some of that's cool. And I like to do it myself. I'm guilty of it, but sometimes, you know, sometimes people new to the sport kind of look at it like, man, you know, Sometimes you just gotta find. Sometimes you just gotta find an old nasty rod and some bugs. Yeah. And go out there and yeah, have a good time with your buddies, right? They're stuck in <laughs> yeah. a cabin somewhere. Yeah, and somewhere. Get you started. I love it. I, I think it's perfect. Um, you said special experiences, and and I know you mentioned this when we were on your show, and we've talked about it just through text messages and stuff. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit. You guys do what you call? I think it's a rendezvous. Um, yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, and what a cool concept. I think it's something that I, I wish I could say we did every year. Um, we all, we try to do it some, but we haven't been able to do it recently. But some of our trips with our father have been moments we still have forever. But just talk about your your, your cool trip you try to do, man. I know, I know it's important to you. Yeah, we do the Shemchek Rendezvous. So I have a brother, younger brother. And when I went, uh, you know, I left home at 18, joined the Air Force and Ironically, I did no art, no writing, no like nothing creative outside of like the tactical stuff that I did sometimes. But uh, I didn't see my family that much, you know. And so uh, I was overseas a lot and deployed and all over the place. So when my wife and I, when we separated from active duty and joined the reserves, I was still flying, but I had a lot more time to myself and a lot less commitments to the Air Force. So we made a pact that we were going to do happened on accident. I, I went fly fishing with my dad and, you know, we actually went to Utah and like, man, I wish, I wish Drew was here. That's my brother. I'm like, yeah, we should do that. And then it kind of, we planned that trip and did it. And then while we were on that trip, we planned the next one. And so the Shemchuk rendezvous is kind of a, it's kind of a deliberate way to spend time with, um, with my brother and my father and and now my son is old enough to go so that's even cooler and grandpa likes that you know that's so we do two a year one in the winter one in the summer it's got to be hunting or fishing 
it's usually fishing now that I'm into this fly fishing thing pretty deep. <laughs> that's awesome. I love you getting your son into it now. That's got to be really special for you guys. Um, that's, yeah, that's it's more cool special for my, for my dad, I think. Oh, yeah, probably so, yeah. <laughs> well, you're being <laughs> super intentional, and that that's yeah. important. We talk about that a lot on our show, and I think we, we keep coming back to the same points over and over again when we, we talk to different people, but you're being intentional. That is an intentional time that you have with your son, that you have with your brother, that you have with your dad, your family. And no one is closer. We believe that, you know, nobody means more to us than our family. And uh what do you go to the same place every year? You switch it up, go all No, we country? go to we go to different places, we switch it up. I don't know that we've done the same place. Western North Carolina Mountains, uh, same track rendezvous in the future. We've <laughs> we'll, we'll, we've we'll, done we'll come, uh, come hang out with us. Yeah. We haven't done a rendezvous out there. I have done some we did a um some family reunions out in North Carolina. I have fished a little bit out there. But we do different places, you know, and we try and we try and go to places that you can uh, have a drift boat so we can all kind of be together. That's yeah. something about fishing from a drift boat that's really cool. And then, you know, my dad, he's not a huge fly fisherman, you know. He's, he just wants to be with his sons. And so he likes to row the boat and we let him, you know. But <laughs> that's sometimes fantastic. Heck yeah, baby. <laughs> I love it. I think he's like a pride thing for him too. He's like, he, he's proud that at his age, he can row the boat all That's day. That's good. And then he gets to give us jabs too. Like, Hey, I, you know, I was rowing all day. That's why I didn't catch any fish. I'd have, I'd have caught that fish. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't you guys it. were just not doing great, but I, you know, if I would have had my chance, I would have. You guys so get that's back to kind the of, cabin and cook dinner. Cause I was rowing all day. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We do cabins or we do motels or there's lots of opportunities. And I think the most important thing is that you just get it on the calendar. Cause like you said, being intentional is so important if you want those things to happen because they just they just don't happen by themselves. And before you know it, those chances are gone. And you know, I, I started to do the math. I, I didn't come up with this idea, but you know, somebody communicated this to me, and I started to think about it. I think about the age of my father and how many more good years he has left on planet Earth. And then you think about how many times I see him and how many times I see him with my brother, and it's not that many a year, you know. And then so. My father might have X number of years left, but I don't want to get too heavy, but it's really only so many days that I'm going to get to spend with him on this planet or that he's going to be able to spend with me and his grandson and things like that. And so when I think about that, the Shemchak rendezvous becomes easy because it's, you know, it's, it's something that has to be done. And then when you get in a rhythm, you know, it, you get so excited about playing the next one, you know? Yeah, I would, I'm just thinking how exciting that must be you know me and trip planning caleb like that. yeah that's that's joshua <laughs> that joshua can joshua can't enjoy the trip or own for planning the next one sometimes so usually that's what happens that. at dinner we're talking about the next yeah. one but what a cool point you make man and you're right we um and, and also you just never know not not to be too heavy like you were saying but you never know and also the health of your relatives and you know our dad yeah, can, our dad can float fish with us now but he's uh you know unable to wade and we've talked about that before we've had him on the show and he he can't wade fish anymore just based on some of his cancer pro of his cancer diagnosis and stuff and so yeah you 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 can't get time back and that that's cool man and he's going to older that grandkid man he's he's going to just keep loving that as long as he's there i can promise you yeah it's going to be fun yeah it's cool that's good man so now you've uh so you did you know the air force thing and you've you fly fished all over the the place um but now you're there in utah so we're like are you close to some great fly fishing where you're at now yeah it's great i should say that i did not fly fish as much as i 
I probably could have in the Air Force, you know, yeah. and I, I didn't take advantage as, of as many opportunities as, as I had looking back, especially now that I have the podcast and I talk to anglers from all over the country and all over the world and stuff. And they tell me about, you know, fishing for different species and different water types and things like that, that I was around a lot of those things. And I just was like, well, it's not trout in Montana. So it must, I'm not interested, you know, yeah. I just didn't process. And so, you know, I missed a lot of opportunities to have some fly fishing adventures uh, in my life. So I always try and get that out there because I don't want people to make that mistake. If yeah. they have the opportunity, take, take it where you can get it. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, Trout. it doesn't have to be Rocky mountains. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it can be all that stuff. Yeah. So, so now though you're there in Utah, what are you, what are you fishing for mostly now? Yeah. Trout. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I say all that. And then I moved to the Rocky mountains to chase trout. I pretty love much. It. I That's, love it. Yeah. I mean, we've got a bunch of cutthroat out here, you know, and I'm only here a year, so I don't okay. know a ton, but we've got, uh, in the rivers I fish mostly brown trout and cutthroat and yeah. a lot of Bonneville cutthroat in the region that I'm in, uh, which I had never caught before. And they're beautiful fish. They're just this rose colored gill plate. And the slash is a little more subtle, I think, than on a West Slope cut. And I don't know. The first time I caught one of those things, I was I didn't know what I had. And it was it was beautiful fish. But brown trout and then white fish, of course, you know. Oh, yeah. Don't scoff the white fish. We got them out here. And, um, you know, the, there's there's smaller fish up in the hills, you know, but I haven't really done a ton of backpacking or hiking up to lakes and things like that. Um, and then we have uh, different species of cutthroat in uh, in Utah as well, which I haven't caught all of those either. But where I'm at, I'm typically going out for browns or cutthroat. So you're the tactic guy. What's your favorite way to fish for him? Um, throw his own show back at him right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm My, loving uh, this though. This is great. No, it's cool. That's that feels good. The the you know I'll do whatever it takes. I really yeah. will. I mean, I I don't have a favorite way. I I, I mean, if you were gonna tell me that I could go out and pick how I was going to catch fish, I would probably say uh, dry fly fishing with a little asterisk. And the asterisk would be like, I would have to kind of figure it out because I've learned that to me, that's some of the best memories and the most fun I've had on the river is when the fishing's not good because I haven't figured it out yet. And then I do figure it out. So I would rather take a day of, not fishing as good than figuring it out on nymphs and then having a good day than just going out and having twice the good day on dries just with blind luck picking the fly you know that makes sense picking the i just i really like that uh so you know if i think they're going to eat dries i'll throw some dries if they're rising um otherwise i'm nymphing most of the time uh, and i'm experimenting with i've done some drop shot yeah. Some of the water around here is really grassy on the bottom this time of year in the summertime. So I do that a little bit and nymph I've, I've explored a little bit of tight lighting. So I'm kind of just trying it everything out here, but um, nymphing and dry fly fishing is probably what I do the most of. That's really cool. I just wanted to kind of shift gears just for a minute. Um, yeah. before, before we go into our, our we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and get kind of heavy into your uh some of your blog posts and, and some of the stuff about fishing with your son, but, but I, I didn't want to miss this chance because Caleb had talked about it earlier. Your artwork, man, I, I don't know when you started it, but I just wanted to 
give everybody a, a second, and I was selfishly just while Caleb was asking that question, kind of scrolling through uh, um, some of your stuff and your and your prints and your originals. And how did that come about? Was it something you always did? I mean, it's very, I'm very impressed by it, but I can't draw a straight line with a ruler, so art would be. But I'm very impressed by just the colors you get in here, and and I think just in knowing your show, I'm sure you have a kind of purpose or a meaning behind everything you draw and why you do it. Um, so can you talk about just your art a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. I appreciate the opportunity as well. The art, I was an artistic kid. I was drawing all the time. I was writing stories and stuff. I was art electives in high school and junior high and such. And I just did a bunch of that when I was a kid, but never really any, nothing formal or anything. And after high school, nothing, really, no art. And then, like I was talking about earlier, when I started to kind of watch my, you know, my A10 time was reaching its twilight, you know, I was I was seeing the end of that coming. And, and then when it finally arrived, I really felt like I wanted to do something that I cared about, something that I wanted to do, something that I thought would be challenging, something that took time to get better at and most of that was because i had experienced that in the air force you know it had been something that i had taken me a long time to progress through and there was a lot a lot a lot of failure along the way and hardship and good times and bad and but at the end i appreciate it you know i i recognized where i was and how i got there and I just felt like I couldn't let go of that. Even if I was not going to fly anymore, I wanted to have something like that in my life still, even if it meant I was going to have to start over at square one, which is what I did. So I just thought about something that brought me joy, something I like to do with my time, try to think about my personality. And if I was left to my own devices to mess around all day, what would I be doing? And art was that thing. So I, my parents had got me some like paint when I was, you know, in the Air Force and Christmas one year or something like six or seven years earlier, and I never picked it up. So I had the stuff in my basement. Uh, I just went down there, started painting, and it's been a couple of years now. So I, I just decided, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an, I'm a, I'm an artist, and I'm gonna make a living as an artist, and I don't care if it takes me a long time because it makes it even better. Uh, it's really cool, man. Well, you you got some great stuff on there. Um, I mean those those trout paintings are something special. Well, I'm just gonna be honest. You know, we've been working on the dads on the fly studio down here, and I'm uh we're kind of sitting down here recording tonight, so I'm seeing a couple places we're gonna definitely get get some uh, get some weight out there. <laughs> Good. Uh, we're we're gonna get some. We're gonna find a place That's somewhere right. to get some weight out there. Uh, some art on, on this wall down here, folks. Don't you oh, worry. All right. Not, not that good. that's going right. to send you a lot of business, because remember, we are just little dads <laughs> on the fly. But but we'll definitely get you. A, we'll have to pick up one and get we'll get one in here for sure. For sure, so. man. Well, uh, we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to be asking more of Jason about uh, Wait Out There and a little bit more about uh, some of his articles on his website, and uh, especially one we're really excited about um, where you talk about fishing with your kids. So, We'll take a short break, and we will be right back. The Dads on the Fly podcast is brought to you by Sly 
Fishing Outfitters. Slot Fishing Outfitters is a Massachusetts-based fly fishing company on a mission to protect you and your gear from the elements. They have full-length fly fishing rod socks and gear. Make sure and check them out at slyfishingoutfitters.com. And we are back with Mr. Jason Shimchuk from Way to Out There. Jason, thanks again for spending some time with us. We spent the first half of this episode talking a lot about your uh, journey into fly fishing and then some of what you've been doing lately with your art. And one of the things that Joshua mentioned in the intro to this episode is we found you through your podcast, uh, the Wade Out There podcast. We talked a little bit about your tagline from that that we just, we resonate so much with that fly fishing is special but not elite and anybody can go out and uh, if they're willing to put in the work and make it happen. So tell us a little bit about Wade Out There. What, what is your idea behind it? How did it start? And uh, what do you contribute I want to know how it started. Was it like just one night just came to you or... You know, we always talk about, we always joke about how our show started during COVID on a text message thread. (laughs) (laughs) So where did you? Yeah, I keep coming back. I mean, I hate to keep coming back to this, but it's a huge theme or it's a huge uh, idea in my life. And it's a, it was a big milestone, but, or I don't know, milestone. it was a big part of my life uh, in transitioning from what I was doing to, um, to what I'm doing now. But. I was actually on the drive home from my last flight in the A-10 and we were going to a party at a bar by where we lived. So the squadron was dislocated from where we all live. And my brother was out for the Finney flight. That's what we call it on your last flight, your Finney flight in the A-10. And it was, it was exciting and fun and emotional and all that. But my brother's driving home because I had had a few cocktails and he says, I, I tell him, you know, what am I going to do, man? Like, I'm a little worried about what's going to happen to my brain. Like, this is, it's just starting to resonate with me, you know, starting to hit home that that is over, dude. You are not going to do that anymore. And I got spoiled, you know, I got spoiled in the Air Force living a life that I had always dreamed of as a kid and all that. And my brother, without really skipping a beat he was like why don't you write jace you know you you like writing it's hard it's difficult to succeed at you know you'll it's something that you want to do and you like to do why don't you write and the more i thought about it the more his words held wisdom for me and so i decided i was going to start writing books and novels and things like this and i realized i hadn't done anything creative like that in so long that I guess I was scared to kind of jump into it. And I also felt like I needed something. <laughs> I felt like I needed a quick fix. Like I needed something to get me excited and get me moving and get me out and challenged. And so I figured if I write a blog, that'll give me practice for writing. And if I if I can succeed at this blog or write this blog, that'll move me along. And it'll just be something new and, and creative for me to do. And then so I started googling blog and started figuring out social media i didn't have any social media before that and i started uh building the website i built the website on layovers for work and i really enjoyed that part of it too i liked the building the website and the technical stuff and i kind of i liked that and then i launched the website and started writing the blog and then i was like it'd be cool to sell 
shirts on here to kind of help spread the word. And then uh, that's how I figured out how to sell things on the internet. And then when I started painting, I was like, well, maybe I could sell some of this art on the internet. And then the podcast, the podcast really came because, you know, I'm not a fly fishing guide. I've never been in a fly shop or any of that. So I very much accept and embrace, like, I'm not an expert. I'm not, I don't have years and years on the river and all that, but that doesn't mean, like I said earlier, it doesn't mean that I don't have special experience with fly fishing and it doesn't mean that I don't have anything to share or teach. And I think so many people are like that. So many people have special experiences. They have interesting stories that other people are, would love to hear. And they think the same way as me about fly fishing. And guess what? I'm going to learn a bunch from these people. So will other, so will other folks. And you guys are a perfect example. You know, I mean, you guys also never been guides, never been a fly shop, but I learned a ton talking to you guys about just North Carolina because I've never fished out there. And I've got the humility to know that people that fish out there are going to have something to say that I'm going to be able to listen to. So I started the podcast really because I thought that it would be beneficial to help kind of spread the idea that fly fishing is special, but not elite to have other people share their stories, other people like me and kind of, kind of soften the blow for new people coming into fly fishing and also kind of a breath of fresh air for people that have been in fly fishing community for a long time. It's kind of like, all right, finally, somebody who isn't taking this too seriously, but understands that it's special and that, and that other, everybody else has cool, amazing stories. So that's how the podcast came to be. I think that's maybe what helps me be a, a bigger fan of the podcast. I mean, I found the podcast before I started looking at your blog and, and your art and all that. And I think it comes down to, I, I had found your show before we ever started our show, but there are similarities in the fact that w we try to always let everybody know when they listen to our show that, Hey, we thought a lot about, well, there's a lot of shows out there that talk about fly fishing and a lot of them are super knowledgeable guides in the industry, work for companies. Which is great. Which, which I mean, is great. awesome. And yeah, I love listening awesome, to them because I learn a lot and I don't, everyone those shows to go away but like you said your show is is so well done and i'll just say it's it's i feel like it's a lot more professionally <laughs> done than ours but but, but we we try yeah. to stay true to just you know we kind of shoot from the the hip sometimes we have a an idea but we want to be we want people to understand that you can do that in fly fishing too you can go out and you don't have to have 47 hours of casting instruction and yeah, I may not catch as many fish, like you said, or maybe I'll catch, some days a fish will cooperate and I'll catch more fish. But you're not taking yourself so seriously that you miss out on what you've said earlier, the experience that your experience, your walk, your journey through fly fishing yeah. should be your journey. And, and yeah, that's what's cool about go, your show. Go ahead. go ahead. No, that's what's cool about your show. Um, perfect example is some guys like love to dry fly fish, right? That's fine. I got no problem if you love to dry fly fish, you know, like, awesome dude you do you or you want to streamer fish or you love to tight line or whatever cool as long as you're being a steward of the resource and you're you know not leaving trash and you're picking up garbage or you're, you're trying to make the place better fine but if you start telling me that like oh well you're not yep. a real you you're not that. a real fly fisherman because you caught it on a san juan worm or you know you you know like <laughs> yep. dude all right i just i don't want to hear it so 
you know, I couldn't have people on the show. I could not agree more. It's like everybody almost, that gives people crap for like Euro nipping and stuff like that, and they don't call it real yeah. fly fishing. I'm like, dude, it's whatever. We almost I went mean, through that on our fine. show. It's yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, as we've kind of, we almost have been back and forth. I think Caleb, even when we started the show, we did that one episode on uh, the wild fish versus the stockfish. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were almost thinking for a while that. I mean, I still go back. I still love wild fish, but we've caught, talked about this. There's my my ten year old son doesn't know when we take him if he's catching a fish that's wild been there for. Stock. He doesn't care. He just loves catching fish, and it doesn't make him a non flyfisher. Yeah, not fly, yeah, fly fisher it, child or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, because he's doing right. that, and so it's a such a great boy. It, it's, it is cool how we evolve and kind of go ups and downs and learn through the journey like you were saying but yeah don't don't tell us we're not we understand we do we we just did a mistake episode so we know we've made plenty of mistakes but absolutely and uh but i think that's the fun part is, is learning from those and, and it's just like you were saying the, the whole point and the whole i mean the whole reason we do this is because it's a challenge right i mean if we knew we were gonna go out there and catch the fish every single time, it wouldn't be as fun. Like it wouldn't be as appealing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there's got to be some type of you know challenge to yeah. it all. Um, well, we want to transition a little bit and talk to you a little bit more. You you brought up that Wade out there started through your writing and through a lot of your blog posts, and I just want to encourage everyone to go check it out. Um, it's waitoutthere.com. Is that correct? Yes. So yeah, go check out waitoutthere.com. Go see the art, see the blog, see the see the podcast episodes. Um but you've got some great articles on there and we are dads on the fly. We talk a lot about parenting, we talk a lot about being dads, we talk a lot about um taking our kids fishing, and that's something you've written pretty extensively about on that website. And so I'd love to just get some of your insight. So um first of all, tell us a little bit about uh, you know, just being a dad and uh what that kind of means to you. Um, if you want to tell us anything about, about, uh, about your son and then talk, we want to talk a little bit more about, um, taking them, taking them fishing. Um, yeah, sure. I'd love to. The, the thing about Wade out there as it relates to my son, I guess, you know, it's another way for me to, I guess I'm trying to kind of show him that you can do what you want in life. You know, you can, you, you can, I want to encourage him and give him an example of pursuing what you're passionate about mm, yeah. and, you know, and not, and not listening to people that say, Oh, you can't do this or you can't do that. You know, you can't make money as an artist or you can't, you've never been in the fly fishing industry. So who would listen to your podcast, that type of thing. I think so professionally, that's something that I think about a lot and that motivates me a lot at weight out there as a father because I know my kids are watching me, as you guys know, they're paying attention and you can tell them a bunch of stuff, but you know, actions speak louder than words. And so I try to do that with the way I live my life and I don't always succeed, you know, like I all make mistakes, but I do think that that's important and something that I think about a lot with what I'm trying to do with my art and my writing and, and all that stuff. But as far as taking my son fishing, um, you know, I guess part of it is selfish. Part of it is because I want him to want to do it, you know? Sure, so I'm yeah. always kind of walking a fine line. And we talked about this, you know, I think on our, on when you guys came on the show, but 
you don't want to make him do it. You don't want to force it because you don't want to be like some sort of, I don't know, punishment or, but, but you want to just kind of dip his toe in the water enough and make it fun to where he wants to go. And I guess part of that is selfish, but also part of that is I understand how much joy it's given me. And the more I talk to people, the more I understand how much joy it's given other people and not just joy, but really solve some pretty, pretty dramatic uh, problems in people's lives. It's really been something that has brought a lot of people hope and joy when they were suffering. And, you know, I want my kids to be equipped uh, through, you know, through hard work and through faith and through just being able to have something that can give them kind of a release and being present in the outdoors seems to be a really good way to do that. However you do it. I mean, being outside is just more and more, you know, it's pretty scientifically, it's good for you. It's good for your, it's good for you. So I want them to understand that. And um, that's probably the deeper reason why I want to take my kids in the outdoors. My daughter as well. Yeah. He's, he's got a daughter. Daughter is younger, right? Yeah, she's yeah. only about two two here in uh, November. Oh boy, I remember when my daughter Fun was. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, my, my, lots I have, of screaming. <laughs> yeah, I have a boy and a girl. And, uh, how old's your son? Yeah, he's gonna be eight in January. Awesome, sweet. So yeah. I, I just want to call attention to obviously I I really could ask you to do an, almost a whole episode on some of these articles, um, some of these blog posts, but I want to call attention to to really four of them that that you actually tagged. Um, in, in our episode and, and I read, I've read all of them, but one of them is why we take our ki- our children fly fishing. And I would encourage all of our listeners to go check that out. But, I, but I really want to focus in for a minute on, on this one. And this is just, I think it's become my favorite one that I've actually read a couple of times and it's <laughs> all right, uh, good. lessons from a five-year-old in fly fishing. And I, I want to just throw this out here and give everybody a little insight to, to the, and then ask you kind of just where this came from. But this sure. is one of the quotes from, I guess you would call it a quote, right? This is one of the, you know, me and the, that's it. I just did get a master's degree. I should probably be a little better at uh, some of this stuff, but uh, you, you say this, I know all of that, or maybe none of it. Maybe he is teaching me as much about fly fishing as I have to give, or at least giving me the chance to see who he is against the pure backdrop of a cold trout stream cut through ancient mountains. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. I I just love that that you take that. I think the thing that's important that you do through writing, this is something I've been challenged with um, because I've, I've wanted to start writing and I've one day it's going to happen maybe, but um, you take the time when you write articles like that, you write stuff like that to really reflect on what the experience was really about, like taking your kid fishing. And I think that's so important to to do, even if you don't write, you know, but to like actually reflect on the, on the experience and being able to think about the things that your five-year-old son taught you about fly fishing is, is a really cool way to do that. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I I think that, um, that article, I just started to realize getting back to what we were saying earlier about how you, you know, you want your kid to like it because you want them to be interested in those types of things. So you'll get to do them with them, you know, 
but now if he don't like it, we're, we're, I'm not going to make him go and I'll, I'll go to his activities or whatever for sure. But, you know, so when I having that mindset, I was thinking about that, I think, and I was thinking about the things that he likes about fly fishing and how can I double down on those things. And the more I started thinking about what is it about fly fishing that, that Tommy likes, what is it that, because that's what I need to give him more of, uh, if I want this to be successful, (laughs) uh, I started to realize those are some really great things about fly fishing. Like why, I mean, those, those have kind of sometimes fall to the back burner because we're, we're trying to catch fish or like I have a tendency to like get in the tactics and stuff, but like just going to the river and playing or like on a hot summer day, I'll go to the river and just take a dip, you know, just like take a little swim, you know, just hang out, lay on the rocks, chill out, um, stuff like that, that my son will do without even thinking about it you know i think i was telling you the other day he brought his swimming goggles to the river (laughs) and he's i'm down i'm downstream and here comes my son head first like down the current like looking around swimming and stuff for fish i'm like this is that's the kind of uh thing about fly fishing that i think sometimes gets lost and i think a lot of it has to do with ego my own ego and things like that and you know kid don't got an ego you know my son doesn't have that in him really um or maybe he does but it's you know i can't see it so it's cool to to look at turning over rocks is is another obvious one or um you know playing make-believe building camp or things like this that when i go with my son is uh just it makes the experience uh, more fun for me too. And I learn a lot, you know, I learn about tying and things that I like to do about fly fishing uh, because my son comes with me. I know you mentioned, hopefully I know you mentioned in the, uh, that blog post, like even like time flies with your kids. Dude, he has a blog post on how to teach a four year old to tie fun. I I need him to write one on how to teach a, 37 year old to tie fly that's where i'm at he's over there well teaching yeah four-year-olds. that article that's is impressive. mostly safety related it's mostly safety related it's <laughs> good because there's lots of pointy things but oh yeah. yeah no i just think that's great you know you, you and i just want to double down on that just that it's so important to focus on what brings them joy and not try to force them to do the things that bring you joy yeah, because right? I think yeah. that's such an easy thing to do is try to force them to like the things you, that you like instead of just celebrating the things that they like. That's true. And I think also, I don't know, I'm interested in your guys' opinion on this, but, you know, that that day comes when your son or your daughter is like, you know, I don't really I don't really like going and fishing or that's not my thing or I want to play with my friends or I'm really into sports and how I react like I'm preparing for that yeah. moment. And I think that says a lot about us as fathers as well, because it doesn't always work out the way you want and, and that's okay too. But I still feel like this time is well spent because I'm still spending time with my kid and it's, I talked to so many people on the podcast that how'd you get started in fly fishing? Well, my dad took me when yeah. I was a kid. My, my grandpa took me when I was a kid. My mom was a fly fisherman or fly fishing woman or whatever. And, 
and then I didn't do it. You know, I was just something I did as a kid. And then I got older in life. And I think like a lot of us, you get wrapped up around things, you get caught up and busy and life catches you, you know, and then this is something that can get you grounded, can help you out. Now, I want to go back to what you said that kind of happened the other day. Um, We kind of had a lot going on. It was a Sunday evening. And I was like, I asked my son, I was like, do you want to run away for a couple hours? And I could tell he wasn't like really, (laughs) he's like, I'm kind of tired. It's been a long day. We had church early this morning. You could tell like he wanted to, but he didn't want to like really hurt my feelings. But he was like, I was like, buddy, if you don't really want to go, let's just, let's just cook dinner together at home. Let's all hang out and we'll just kind of chill. And we had more of a family day here and it was, yeah, as a, I'll just be honest. Like I, I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, but just right. he, why didn't he want to do yeah. what I ah, I'm trying so hard to make him what it, he was like, yeah. can we take the boat? And I was like, nah, no, I don't have time to take the, but if we could take the boat, <laughs> I want to go. I was like, I don't have enough time to take the boat tonight. So, um, right. you know, but I think, I just think you do a great – I told Caleb, you know, we've tried to be – we're trying to be real intentional in our in our second year of our show with, with our guest. And I said, man, you can't listen to one of Jason's shows and not tell that, that he he's a dad on the fly. Like, he, he wants – being a good father is so important to him. And uh, and that's, that's one reason we really wanted to have you on tonight. And so I wanted to make sure that everybody, our listeners, because we talk about this building this community of fathers – that they need these are good articles blog posts that, that they really challenge me I'll, I'll just be real with you we are are doing some dad challenge episodes some short episodes on our show and and i hope it's okay but i stole stole one of your ideas that you use with your son about being grateful <laughs> about being grateful in the car and how he talks about i've actually started doing that with my kids on the way to school so kudos to you for that uh appreciate yeah, man. that uh that challenge and well, thank you yeah that's very that uh, flattering and humbling for you to say that yeah well i have i've just it was a cool idea my kids have started doing it on the way they get ready in the morning and it's not we don't have a long commute to school like five minutes up the road but i say all right what's your you gotta tell me something before you get out like what are you happy about today or what are you thankful for that has happened to you and uh and i stole that from you so appreciate it you're you're right up our alley man it's perfect <laughs> it's a good fit for sure well man uh we're, we're gonna wrap up here in just a minute before we do want to ask you if uh, you could give dads that want to take their kids fishing one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, man. Give me a second here. Um, one piece of advice. I would say just go. I would say... Just go. Don't wait for them to be a certain age. Don't wait for them to be good at it or learn how to fish or wait till you're on the river in Montana or wait till you're on vacation or wait till you're on the rendezvous. You know, just grab a kid, you know, go to the pond, catch some bass. You don't even need to bring a fly rod. You know, just go. Take your kids and it'll it's been my experience that it'll morph and, you know, it'll, it'll start to progress and there'll be new things and opportunities that you'll have. But the biggest thing is just to go in the first place. And I think sometimes it's easy to say, well, they're too little or he doesn't like it because, or I get frustrated with him or something like that. And that's all kind of, I think the wrong mindset. I think the right mindset is let's just go and see what happens. And I promise 
you're gonna you'll see a a bird or a beaver or or something like that or he'll throw some rocks or fall in the river or something will happen and those are the memories you know they're not when even we catch fish it's it's the other stuff and that that's all possible whether you're an expert fly fisher whether your kid is a great you know outdoors kid or whatever like it's all possible if you just go man that's so good somebody said that james my youngest he's three and uh his favorite story about going fishing is has nothing to do with catching fish but it's when uh I had driven the boat back to the, uh, or the trailer for the boat back to the uh, takeout. And while I'm gone, he and his mom are sitting there where the boat's at and he falls in the water and floats like 30 yards down river. And Sally has to run down and catch him. And now every time we cross the bridge where that happened, we talk about that opportunity, like that time that James fell in the water, you know, and uh, I, I just think you make such a good point. You know, it's, it's just about going like, it's not about the fish. It's not about the tactics. It's not about the strategy. Sometimes when it's with your kids, it's just yeah. about going. It's about being intentional. I love that, man. Well, it's been great. So, Jason, where, where can everybody find you? What's the best place for them to check out Wade Out There, to find you, to find your art? What's the, what's the best place for people to do that? Yeah, the best place is wadeoutthere.com. Wade, like Wade in the River, out there with two Ts. Wadeoutthere.com. I've got the podcast and the blog and the art is all there. Uh, but you can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and I'm on social media, most all social media as well on your way out there. So, um, come check it out. Great, man. Well, we hope people will definitely go check it out. I can't thank you enough, Jason. We can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time out of your evening, uh, to be on the dads on the fly. And folks, I think you have definitely heard just some great tips, some challenges and, um, some really insightful stuff, um, from a, just an awesome dude. Who's doing cool stuff, man? Well, thanks, guys. You guys are doing awesome stuff as well, and I really appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to you, and it's been super fun. Thanks, Jason, and thanks, everyone out there, for listening to this tonight. And until next time, tight lines. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. We hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through faith, family, and fishing all on the fly. Make sure to check us out at dadsonthefly.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at dadsonthefly. Shoot us a message as we always love hearing from you all. If you'd like to check out any Dads on the Fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. And as always, if you can, leave us a rating or review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time, tight lines. Thank you.